45 in here on Wednesday nights. We call it push. There's just a lot going on, and we want you involved in as much as you'll get involved in, especially the times when we're really pressing and digging in and really trying, as Pastor uh, Tommy shared, putting our roots down into that water that you can't see, into those streams and those rivers that you can't see. I do encourage you to be in prayer for those on our prayer list, and I'm going to mention to you Dr. K. He wasn't able to be here today. He missed work a couple of days at the end of the week, and he's just trying to recover and get well. So let's pray for them, pray for, uh, pray for him and his household, that the Lord will just minister healing and strength to them. Uh, and then all those others that are on our prayer list, okay? Will you join me and let's do that. Let's pray. Father, we just come to you. God, we're thankful for the evening. We're thankful for your presence. We're thankful, God, that you have ordained this moment in time for us not just to, to gather together, but you want to meet with us. And we've come because we want to meet with you. So we just pray that you'll control and work, move. Let your spirit guide us. I pray over our team as they lead us in worship that it'll be just a powerful, deep encounter for all of us tonight. And I pray, God, that you'll just uh, anoint Pastor Tommy, Lord, that let him minister under the anointing and give us ears to hear and minds to comprehend the word that's declared to us through him by your spirit for this moment so that we can be transformed changed into the image and the likeness of Jesus because we want to be more like you Lord and we know that happens as we look into your face and we're changed so do that we pray it in Christ's name everyone said amen let's worship Oh, 
trying to get her asleep since about three so we're excited <laughs> amen God's so good all the time all the time we can get our ushers to come we'll get a chance to give Amen. Hey guys, um, I'm going to tell a quick story on time, and then I'm going to invite him to the platform. Then he gets the last word. That's the way that goes, right? Um, but the story is that as a partner in a committee, the way we have our committee, we're elected by pastors in the district within the section, the 30-something churches in the Birmingham section. And it's one of those things when you get elected to it, you can't hardly get out of it, right? They just, whether you're there or not, they like to actually vote on you if you're not at the meeting. So, so we try to always be at the meeting to try to get out, but no, seriously. So as a, as a partner and a, and a team member, I, I'm always, I'm the, I'm the presser, so I'm the bad guy. So we're just going to talk about that for a second. I'm the guy who sort of has to make the hard, really pressing things, decisions and all and push the, the church leadership and directions to get them to, to do things. And so we do this thing called organizational uh, supervision where we come in, help churches who are struggling to sort of organize. So we supervise the organizational structure, so we'll do that. And Tommy's always the guy that as I'm doing this, he'll throw a word in. Next thing you know, he preaches about 10 or 15 minutes to them. And they love him. I mean, they just love him because he's just such a great encourager. And y'all felt that this morning, didn't you? You just felt that. So I'll probably have him back in a few months because I'll get y'all real low, and then he'll come in, and he'll just, 
You just cheerlead that thing, and he does an incredible. And God uses him in such a powerful way. Can you welcome Tommy Conner back to the platform? Amen. That's why he's here. Look, I don't know what I'm doing. Dr. K, where are you? Where are you when I need you? I'm talking to you right now. No, no, seriously. If we will, uh, give our kids a hand as they journey into their event. <laughs> Crystal, were you standing up waving at me back there just then? You have to do that when I'm up here. I just want to be an encourager. Say, let the children go. Uh, now tonight, y'all get me without Lori. I don't know if that's good. I'm just telling you what's going to happen. No, seriously, I'm, uh, uh, we had to be a part of a family gathering this afternoon, and so she's helping with that. And then... Uh, finishing up that part and so I just appreciate you receiving us both uh, but just I mean just you you're just sweet people thank you so much for being so kind to us and welcoming us this morning wonderful morning with you and had a great time with the worship team we met for I guess what hour and 15 minutes I don't know how long we did hour and a half we met for a little bit and um and uh, I don't know now, see, you, you, you may not notice this, but I was down there listening for, did they do what we just taught them to do? And I'm telling you, they got to that chorus of come to the river. They hit it, didn't they? They sounded so good. And so it sounded like a choir up here. It sounded so good. So we're proud of them. And you be praying for them because uh, I, I put a little bit of responsibility on them today. Because, uh, but they, they are never put in place, by the way. They are never put in place on this stage to come and entertain you or just sing a few songs so you'll feel like you've been in church. The whole idea up here is the worship leaders have to take on the same responsibility in heart that the pastor does. He's here to lead you into the Word of God. They're here to lead you into the presence of God through worship. And it's a critical place to be. As a matter of fact, the Word says that they accept, the worship leaders in the Old Testament accept it as, a, as that's their life. It's what God's call is on my life. And it's important that they come and do it with all of their heart, right? And you be praying for them. Now, I, I just, I don't know, is, is half the worship team in here? Are y'all still in here? Sing? Come back up here. Can you come back up here? Right, can you shift? I, we don't want to wake her up. Bless her heart. She's so peaceful. She's so peaceful. Because I told them I was going to do this. Y'all come on. Come on up here. I, you want me to start it and then you take it? Is that what you want to do? Whatever you want to do. When the glory fills the room. Oh. Glory fills the room. Nothing else. When the glory fills the room, nothing else is needed, just you. Come on, singers, sing it with me now. Here we go. Come on, lift your voice, sing. 
start saying, Lord, if your glory will fill this car, nothing else is needed. If your glory will fill this workplace, nothing else is needed. If your glory will fill this house, oh God, nothing else is needed but you, Lord. Nothing but you. 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 And I'm telling you, God will get glory. Glory. He will get the glory. He will get the glory. He will get the glory. I want y'all to walk off. This I know this is crazy. Put your microphones down. I want you to walk off in a single file. Head toward your ways. Y'all break off down here. But I want you to sing it all the way back to your seat. You ready? Put your mics down. Here we go. One, two, three, sing. When the glory fills the room. Come on, listen. Time. Come on. One more time. Come on. Sing it. 
when the glory fills the room. When the glory fills the room. <laughs> Nothing else is needed. When the glory fills the room. Nothing else is needed. When the glory fills the room. Mm. Nothing else is needed. Just you. See, what you just did is you became one voice in praising him. That's straight out of scripture. Right out of scripture. Whenever they begin to sing, the Bible says that they with they, 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 they with one voice were heard in praising and honoring God. That's what God wants to hear out of me and you. He wants to hear every voice. I don't know how to sing. That's a lie. You do know how to sing. You do, it in the, you do it in the shower. It may not sound that good, but you're not singing for me. You're singing to him. And I'm telling you, Pastor, I'm asking God. Listen, I'm going to pray this over you. I'm asking God to give you a singing church, a praising church. Listen, I don't know where, I don't know all the history of evangel. I don't know what all you've experienced. I know you've experienced great things or you wouldn't still be here. But I can tell you this. I know right now that God can touch this place and you become a singing, worshiping, blessing God church. You're not ashamed to praise Him. You're not ashamed to worship Him. You're not ashamed to lift your voice and shout His praises. God, I'm asking you, give that couple right there this kind of church. I release it on you right now. Everybody put your hands in the air. I receive in the name of Jesus. I receive in the name of Jesus a freshness in my spirit that allows me the thrill and the, and the freedom to worship God like I never have before in the name of Jesus. Lord, I used to say, thank you, Jesus. Now I'm going to say, thank you, Jesus. I used to sing softly. But Lord, I'm going to lift my voice to you because you're worthy. Yes, I'm telling you, I didn't plan this. I'm just telling you that's what God wants from this place. You say, well, it's just, a, it's just, you know, it's just us few and no more. But oh my God, there's people all over this place. They just don't know. This is where they're supposed to be yet. They don't know yet. They don't come in off the streets for you to get your act together. We need to get our act together so that when they do come in, conviction comes, the spirit comes, life comes. Oh man, I ain't playing with you. I'm telling you right now, God wants a singing, shouting, praising church here. I don't mean act up like a fool. I mean, I mean give him your very best praise. There's a difference, all right? <laughs> uh, some of you start acting up. I may say, stop that right now. Just stop that. But listen, I mean really, I'm asking God to put a song in your heart. I didn't plan this. I'm asking God to put a song in your heart you haven't yet had. I'm telling you, it'll help the preaching. It'll help the praying. It'll help the teaching. It'll help the giving. It'll help the reaching. Everything because worship is happening. Ah, don't settle. Don't settle. Don't settle for coming on Sunday and just sitting. Don't do it. 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 Give him your all. Amen? Ah, who feels good in here already, don't you? Yeah. Go ahead and be seated if you like.
Listen, I want you to be encouraged. I came this weekend to encourage you. I've always asked the Lord. I, I mean, I, I, I came from a very, I came from a happy family. I mean, my dad, my dad was so funny. He, you could look at my dad. His name, I mean, you got a name like Elmer Earl. <laughs> Come on, your life's going to be funny. I don't care what you say. And then he messed around and named me Tommy Paul. Not Thomas Paul, Tommy Paul. So I knew if it was Tommy Paul, I got in trouble. And uh, that meant, now here's what's funny about that. My daddy's name is Elmer Earl. My brother's name is David Earl. Now that's pretty okay, right? We may have some Earls in here. But what's funny about it is my grandmother's name was Lillian Earl. Go ahead and laugh, I do. I think that's funny. Here's why I'm saying that. You could say something to my father. You say, Dad, I heard something the other day. And he'd go, <laughs> what? The man just loved to laugh. So I was raised among a dad or with a dad who loved to laugh, who loved to be with people. And he liked to lift people's spirits. And I'm telling you, I guess it just got in me. I like to see people happy. I like to see people full of joy. And if you're down in the mouth and down, I'm telling you, there's no sense in you living that way because you don't have to, right? And I want to encourage you tonight. I, listen, this is not the message that I had prepared to come with. But this morning I woke up and I went in there. Lori was getting ready and I thought, oh my goodness, I, I don't even know if I can read what I wrote. But being that it's Pentecost Sunday, I don't feel pressured by your pastor to talk about Pentecost Sunday. But I want to talk about the work of the Holy Spirit for just a moment because it fits what we just talked about. All right. Are you ready for that? This is Pentecost Sunday. It's a special, special day. And I'm not going into a lot of stuff on it. I'm just going to give you some simple thoughts the Lord gave me this morning. It's straight out of my journal. I want to tell you this right here. I go through these things like you can't read half of that. I promise you, you can't read that stuff. It's so much scribble, but I can read it. And that's, that's all that matters. But I go through these things. Here's why. I never like to take my Bible out and not have this. Because the Lord may say something to me. I just need to remember. I write everything down. I like to write everything down. It's a great practice that I have done. I've journaled for years. Now, I don't fully journal like some people do, but I write down my thoughts. And the message this morning that I shared with you came from seeing that one scripture. And I wrote it down. And the whole message came. So you see, whenever you write things down, it makes you think things through. It's very important. More than just remembering, it helps you to see. And then once you begin to write it out and, and write what you're thinking about it, the Lord begins to formulate it. That's why the Holy Spirit is so important, because the Word of God comes to you, and a lot of people are not, uh, they get frustrated reading the Bible. And I say you're frustrated because you don't understand how the Holy Spirit works. The Holy Spirit works to illuminate what you read. So you read it. Say, well, I, I just, I just, don't, I read it and I read it. Well, you read it till something pops. That's how I do it. You just read until something in there speaks to you. And then you start doing something very important. You start asking better questions about what you're reading. Sometimes we just don't ask enough questions about what we're reading. That's how I started studying more and more about the adulterous woman. That's why I shared those initial thoughts with you at the first part of the message this morning there's there's laws involved there's there's the right way to do things so it's more than just a story on a page 
It's illuminating word to get in your spirit so that you'll know you don't have to live in shame and condemnation. But you won't just say that. You'll be able to take the word of God and say, here's what God's word says. And then you respond to the word. I love to teach on the importance of the word of God. Let me tell you something else I love to teach on. And that is, I love to speak and teach on learning to pray the scriptures. If you pray, you listen, if you pray the word of God, you will automatically pray the will of God. You will never miss the will of God if you pray the word of God over your life. Years ago, I was at Garywood. This is our second time at Garywood. I mean, I've learned you never say you're going back somewhere. Because I said, I, nah, I'll, I'll never see me back over on that side of town. Well, lo and behold, that's where we are. I've been there this year. It'll be six years we've been back. But we were there back in the 90s. And, Lord, we were in the middle of all those dramas. Lord, Jesus. I had to do that big choir. We had about a 70-voice choir. Fantastic choir. We did all that drama stuff like kill us. Because we worked hard for months getting ready for that thing. And then we presented eight to ten nights, you know, and it was just so much work. But anyway, we, we were there. And while I was there on staff, uh, I found out one day, and whether you like him or not, I just happened to like his particular teaching in this area. And I heard that Kenneth Hagin was in town. He was at uh, uh, Word of Faith was there on Roebuck Parkway at the time. And so I just thought they were doing a morning service. I thought, I've never heard him live. I'm just going to go hear what he has to say. Well, I got over there, and he taught on the two prayers, chapter 1 and chapter 3 of the book of Ephesians. And when he did that, he said, you need to learn to pray these over your life. I took it to heart. Y'all, I began to pray those prayers that the eyes of my understanding would be enlightened, that I would know the hope to which I, I was called to, that I would know the glorious riches that I have in Christ. I began to pray his word over my revolutionized my life in prayer so then I went from there I started praying both of those prayers next thing you know I'm praying the entire letter to Ephesus and making it personal because the first three chapters are practical are positional the last three chapters are practical so it covers everything it covers marriage it covers kids it covers uh, home it covers everything work it covers it all and I begin to bathe myself in the Word of God through prayer so I stopped trying to figure it out on my own and pray in my own understanding and learn how to pray his word, all right? This is a great practice, and you ought to do it. If you will do that, when you come in here and this man opens the word and he begins to share what's in his heart, an amen will come out of your mouth because you will already know. Sometimes we have to conjure amens out of people. That's why you hear people say, amen. You know, they're trying, preachers are trying to get you to agree with. Listen to me. If you love the word that much and you pursue the word, when you hear truth, your heart will immediately say, yes, yes, I've seen that. I see what you're talking about. Why? Because you've been practicing it at home. Now, this is not costing you any extra. I just want you to know this has revolutionized my personal life so that my preaching, my singing, teaching, anything I'm doing, I know and have learned now, not that I'm a scholar, I'm not at all, but I have learned how to saturate myself 
in the Word of God. And, learn, and it's amazing that when you really commit yourself to the Word, how much the Lord will speak to you. He will. He's not withholding things. Listen, sometimes we think He's hiding things from us. No, He's hiding things. He's hiding things for you. There's a difference. That's why He said if you want to find, you need to seek. Yeah. I mean, you need to seek. Give yourself to seeking Him because when you don't have understanding, He's not hiding understanding from you. He has all the understanding, the wisdom that you need. But it's going to be here because the signs, the wonders, anything that comes is going to be confirmed with this. He's going to confirm His Word. He's going to stand by His Word. And so He'll show you. Now, I don't know, I didn't mean to get on all, all that, but I just want you to know that is what I... There's a big thing happening to me personally right now, and that is what can I help our church and every church that I have uh, any kind of voice with? What can we do to become not just an excited church? That's all fine and good. I mean, I've seen them dance everywhere. So, you know, I've seen stuff you, just like you have. I've seen some wild stuff in my time. But here's what I want you to understand. God wants a healthy church. He wants us to be healthy in our walk with Him. He wants us to be healthy. He wants us to be hungry and healthy. <laughs> okay? Now, let's get on into this. I'm going to move through this. I'm going to move kind of quick because... I don't even know, be honest with you, if it's, a, it, it's not even a line like a sermon or nothing. So I'm just going to share what the Lord put on my heart this morning. Is that all right? It's about the Holy Spirit. We're just going to talk about the Holy Spirit because I felt like the goal, whenever I woke up this morning, the goal was remind them of my work in them and that my work in them is fresh if they want it to be fresh. But that's up to you. So here I am. I'm the messenger. I'm the messenger tonight. How many of you have been in Pentecost for more than 30 years? Raise your hand. How many of you have been in Pentecost 40 years? Raise your hand. All right. How many of you have been in Pentecost or, or in, a, in a full gospel of Simmons of God or whatever kind of church that's Pentecostal less than 10 years? Okay. Okay. I was raised Methodist. United Methodist liturgical, praise God, praise God. I was raised in all that. I'm not knocking it. I'm saying that's what I was raised in. And I was scared to death of Pentecostal churches. My family, we sung everywhere. My goodness, we sung all over the southeast. And lo and behold, my dad had this thing about booking us at Pentecostal churches. And I'd go in there and I'd start singing. And I mean, you know, that's back, that's back when we didn't want them to shout, but they did anyway. That's back when it was real easy just sing about Jesus and him coming and all of a sudden people start getting up out of the pews and dancing in the aisle. That was real easy. Not like now. <laughs> Here's what I did. I was so scared of it. High Falls Assembly of God. One of the worst places I knew as a kid, teenager. I mean, I couldn't stand it out there in the middle of the country. And we went in there and I thought, Daddy... Please, let's sing something slow. Because if, if we'll sing something slow, maybe only one or two will shake a hair loose or something. I mean, come on. I mean, just can we sing something slow? Well, my dad had come in there, 
Next thing you know, he'd get one riled up, and we'd get to cranking that thing and going to town with our guitars and singing, and here they'd come. They'd come out of those pews. They'd start dancing in the aisle like this and shouting all over the place, and I'd be like, oh, Jesus, I don't like this. I don't. And I'd tell my dad, this is a true story. I used to tell my father, I said, stomach is killing me. I was trying to do that so he'd stop and he'd let me go sit down and we'd stop singing because those people were bothering me. I'd complain with a headache. I complain with a sore throat. Anything I could do to get him to stop. Well, my daddy's over here. He's Methodist to the core, but he's eating it up. He's loving it. He sees these people excited. High Falls Assembly of God you never seen such bun shaking in your life. I mean some shouting like you've never seen in your life. Those people, I don't know how they moved the way they did, but they did. And they get to shouting, and I'm like, as soon as they got through, we got off this stage. I promise you, I got in trouble so many times because I would run out that door, and I'd go out and stand by the car until they got through. I'm like, I'm not going back in there. You can beat me till I'm blue. I am not going back in there. That actually happened. Now, they didn't beat me blue, but he threatened to. One night, we're to. one night we're at a congregational Methodist church. I'm thinking, finally, one of our churches, the one I'm used to, they don't do nothing. They just stare at you. That's the way I was raised. Come on, we're going to be holy in here. Y'all don't want to be acting up. Now, nothing against it. I'm just telling you what we did. Went to that congregational Methodist church. We get to singing. Oh, my goodness. All of a sudden, they don't even have bobs in their hair. They get up and start dancing. They get up and start doing like this, and they're just clapping their hands and shouting. And I'm like, oh, no. I have nowhere to go. I'm telling you, this is a true story. I have nowhere to go. And my dad about had enough of my complaining. And so... I, I, I'm over there, and here's what's really funny. You, you know, y'all that have older sisters, especially if you've got devious ones. My sister's seven years older than me. She's beating that piano over there, and she's going at it, and she's looking at me, and she's just smiling because she knew good and well. Tommy's getting nervous. He's clamming up. His face is red. He wants to go down. He needs to get out of here, and Daddy's over there just singing his heart out. I'm going to tell you, I'd get so mad at my sister, but anyway, I'm up there in the middle. This actually happened. And I lean over and I told my dad, I said, Dad, my stomach, my stomach, I'm going to need to go, Daddy, I, I, I got to quit. My stomach's been hurting today. My dad said, folks, we want to thank you for letting us come tonight. We're going to sing one more song, and then we'll be finished. Pray for Tommy. He's had a case of diarrhea today. <laughs> I turned every shade of red you could imagine. My sister's over there. <laughs> My sister's about to fall off the piano stool laughing at me. And, and I'm so mad. I'm so mad I can't wait to get out of there. I shot out of there, y'all. It wasn't long after that that I, I just stopped complaining. I'd never been so embarrassed. He just, he just told him that he's had a case of the diarrhea. Well, now that wasn't true because there was nothing wrong with me. But he embarrassed me so bad that I stopped complaining. And here's really the clincher to the story. When we 
at whenever I was 16 years old, we started attending this little church, and we loved the pastor. We just were drawn to him. We'd known this family since I was a kid. We'd sung with him many, many times. We just loved this pastor, and, and he was a trustworthy pastor, okay? And my dad had felt like, you know, there's a change coming. He felt like it was time for the family to change. We didn't know exactly what was going to happen. And lo and behold, the church we went to was High Falls Assembly of God. Lori's dad was the pastor. And there was this real pretty girl there. It's amazing how you can calm down when there's a real pretty girl there. Well, the rest is history. We joined that church. We got so involved. And God got a hold of my life. Oh, my goodness. I saw things I'd never seen before. Things I thought I was afraid of. There's no need to be afraid. I couldn't explain them. And it was, I know a lot of it was people's response to the moving of the Spirit. But just that, those dances I found out those people were doing, it's because there was so much joy pinned up. They wanted to let it out. It came out in a dance. And I found out later by studying Scripture that dance was a praise coming from them. That shout was a praise coming from them. It meant something to them because it was from their heart to God. It wasn't for me. It was for them. It was between them and the Lord. I went in there and we'd have a, a three or four night revival, five night revival. Stepped into the church. I'd get up early in the morning at six, go to my job, and then I'd work on into the late afternoon. And so I'd come straight in from where I was working. I worked a route situation for a company and I'd come straight in from work, I'd grab my guitar, and we'd start singing. Well, then he started saying, well, we're going to start meeting an hour before service to pray. Well, now I'm like, okay, now I don't know about getting in all this. I can handle out here where there's room, because if I need to run out of here, I can. But by this time, I'm pretty comfortable. Anyway, so they get in these two prayer rooms, and back then, the women were on one side, the men were on the other. Okay, It was like a war zone in that place. It was so loud. You step in there. Do you, anybody remember that? You think that could ever happen again? Really? I stepped in there and I witnessed for my own self. I witnessed for my own self walking into a men's prayer room, having to step over men to find a place to squat, kneel, and pray. We were so packed in that little room, and you couldn't even hardly hear yourself. Men, men, men weeping and crying out to God. And I believe the reason that happened, a lot of the reason that happened, of course, I found out later, the pastor who became, became my father-in-law, he's such a man of prayer. Everybody that knows him, he's known for being a man of prayer, and he's gone to heaven now, and I miss him like crazy, but... He's poured into my life for so many years. But all I wanted to do was learn from this man. And all he wanted to teach me was how to pray. Isn't that interesting? We talk scripture all the time. But he talked about praying. He talked about being in the spirit. Listening to the spirit. I we had to live with him before he passed. We had to live with We moved in with him for the last uh, three and a half to four years of his life. And... And so we were helping with him because he was getting where he couldn't do some things and helping, of course, Nancy, my mother-in-law, 
And so we were there, Lori and I sold our house and just moved in with them and helped them the last four years of his life. And so I can't tell you the times. I have video of it. I can't tell you the times. I'm standing in the kitchen. I look in there in the middle of the day, and he's right in the same place where he normally was. He's sitting there like this, and he's just got his hands up, and he can't hardly say anything. All he does is weep and weep and weep. And he told me one time, this is right before he passed to go be with the Lord. He said, Tommy, or he called me Paul. That's my middle name. My, all my family calls me Paul. He said, Paul, I'm seeing stuff right now I've never seen before. He said, here I am in the last years of my life. It's like heavens, and he just, he couldn't control. It's like heavens just opening before me. He said, there's things I wonder even what I've preached about. He said, but I'm seeing things, oh, I'm seeing things I've never seen before. We're talking about an 80-year-old man preached for 60 years. And they're pouring his heart out before God. And God was rewarding him by letting him see, son, here's what you're about to step into. If you want to pursue God, if you're hungry, listen to me, evangel. If you want to, if you're hungry for God, he is not withholding from you. He will meet you at your point of hunger. He will meet you at your point of thirst. But you have to cry out. You have got to want him. He will not force himself on you. I don't care how old you are. We got young people in here. You need to start right now. God, what do you want to say to me? What do you want to do in me? I am yours. Here I am. It's the way we go before God. You say, well, I don't know that. You don't have to know that much. He's the teacher. But you got to go in there and listen to the teacher. Oh, my goodness. I got a message here somewhere. But, y'all, I got to tell you, my whole life changed. I didn't plan to tell this story, but I'm going to flow with it. Is that all right? Y'all okay? We were preparing to do an outreach. We had just an, in this little country church, seat 125, 40 people. I mean, we were wall to wall. People just started getting saved. Hard, hard people. Hard people, I mean, drug addicts, I mean, people just coming in there, getting saved, called to preach. We had at one time, I think they counted, they had five or six young preachers that all came in, got saved, and said, God's called me to preach. And they immediately went back to the people they'd been partying with and started preaching to them. Well, they gathered one night and they said, uh, Tommy, we, we need your help. We're going to go to Dinky's Hamburger. Don't that sound fun? We're going to go to Dinky's Hamburgers. Now, you got to understand, I'm still a little Methodist. I'm a little nervous because what you're about to do is mess up a good hamburger. Now, y'all better watch yourself. But they're going to go do an outreach, and all they want to do is set up, sing, and one of them's going to grab a mic and go to preaching right there in front of Dinky's Hamburgers. That was the big hangout in Hartford, Alabama, okay? That was the hangout. That's where all the kids went. I'm nervous. I'm like, oh, okay, well, now, we did things similar in the Methodist church, but it was a lot calmer than what you're probably going to do. So, so this is new to me. And then one of them asked me the question. He said, have you ever experienced the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Now I'm really putting up a little wall because I'm thinking, uh-oh, now you want me to act up. Now you want me to do certain things. I'm not so sure about this. And I said, well, guys, I, I'll be honest with you, I, I, no, no. I'll be, I've never really pursued 
but uh, not that I didn't know what it was. I knew I'd seen it in Scripture, and I, even as a, listen, nothing against Methodists, but even as a Methodist, I couldn't take it out of Scripture. I don't care what you say about it. I mean, I don't care what you preach out there. If you're watching me on, you, you not preach about it if you don't want to, but you can't take it out of the Bible. It's the Word of God, and it actually happens in the lives of people. And so he said, listen, I believe God wants to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. I said, well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'll pray with you. And I'm, I already believe he's not going to force anything on me. And that boy started praying with me, and two or three others praying at the same time. We were just praying for that service, for that outreach and everything. And he came over, and he began to pray. He laid hands on me and began to pray. And the most, the most I'll call it eloquent, just eloquent, sweet language began to come out of my mouth. I mean, just started flowing out of me. And now, I began to question, because I thought, oh, no, wait a minute. I, I don't do that. And a little bit later, I literally, I have nothing to do. I, I literally came to myself, I'll say came to myself, meaning I didn't lose my mind. But I came to myself, and I was over against the wall just like this. I mean, I was going to town, praying in the Holy Ghost. I mean, just pouring my heart out, weeping, crazy, crying, pouring my heart out. I'd never done that before. I'd never been the same since. And I'm telling you, we had us a time at Dinky's Hamburger. I share that experience with you because it's not so I can get you to do what I just did. But I promise you that if you want more of him, he's not withholding from you. He's not hiding it from you. He is not. I'm telling you, God wants us full. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move through Scripture really quick, and then we're going to, head toward a time of prayer because I, I really am more excited than preaching it. I'm really excited about praying with you tonight. Now, I'm not going to do anything fancy. I'm not going to push nobody down. I'm not going to do that kind of stuff. It's all according to how you and God want to deal with this thing. We're just going to pray together. Is that all right? Now, if you don't do anything else except maybe write down the scriptures or you can follow me if you have a Bible on your phone or whatever, I'm going to move kind of quick. And I'll make good, hopefully make good sense of this and not keep you too much longer. Are you ready? Mark 16 and 14. Something very important happened there. Mark chapter 16, verse 14. If you're turning there, say, I'm turning there. Okay, three of you are. That's good. That's good. The rest of you just sit there and listen. And trust me, I'm not reading from another book. I'm reading from the Bible, okay? Verse 14 says this. Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. These signs, say signs really loud. These signs, I, I, listen, I hope you don't mind doing that. I saw them do it on TV, and I've been doing it ever since. Okay, I, I don't do that all the time. I'm just kidding. I don't do that all the time, but I, I want to hear you say some things. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Say that again. They will speak with new, they will speak with new tongues. Has, the, has Pentecost happened yet? No. Hadn't happened yet, has it? But he's already saying this is what's about to happen. 
they will take up serpents and they will drink any deadly thing and will by no means hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now, let me tell you something about that drinking deadly things and handling snakes. I'm telling you right now, there's nothing to that for me as a Pentecostal. I don't handle snakes. I run from them. I, I, I don't go around trying to drink deadly things either. This is a verse not for you to just go act on it in the sense that, that you just go try this out. But I'm telling you, it's a verse saying God's protection is on you. You have to trust his protection. All right. So they're supposed to go. They went, they went out everywhere, the Lord with them, confirming, confirming, confirming the word with signs following. Now go to Luke chapter 24. These are all familiar. I know they're familiar to you, but bear with me just, just a short few minutes. Luke 24, they're on the road to Emmaus. Remember that story? On the road to Emmaus. And the Lord begins to talk to them. They're trying to say, where you been, man? Don't you know what's been happening? So he begins to tell them, uh, he tells them after he has spent time with them, the scripture says he went and sat down and ate with them. Why is that important? Because the Lord loves to commune with you. All right? So if we're going to talk about the work of the Holy Spirit, we need to learn about communion. I'm not talking about just, the, just what we do in sharing and breaking the bread and drinking the cup. Understand your time with the Lord. As I said this morning, the secret place of the Most High God that you can dwell in, that is a time of communing with Him. If I sit down with you to eat and we break bread together, we're communing. We're looking each other in the eyes. We're communicating. We're talking. We're spending time together. We're getting to know. And that's what He loves. And He was communing with them. And as He's communing with them, the, uh, the, the Scriptures... Uh, leads us and it helps us understand that they didn't really know what all, what all was going on, but then all of a sudden it says, after breaking the bread with them, it says, He opened their eyes and they knew Him. Now this is important. He opened their eyes and they knew Him. I believe in every situation in your life that you can't see God at work. Hear me. If you will commune with the Lord, He will open your spiritual eyes and you will see Him. I truly believe that. Then they begin to say, didn't our hearts burn, right? Okay, stay with me. In verse 36, verse 36, they come to a place to where they say, Now, as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said, Peace to you. You know, he appears to the disciples. After that, he appears to the disciples. And they look at him terrified like they'd seen his spirit. He said, Why are you troubled? Why do, you, why do doubts rise in your heart? Behold, my hands and my feet. And then he says, when he had said this, he showed them his hands, feet. But while they still didn't believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, have you any food? He showed them, I can eat. Now that's very important, but let's move on. Verse 36 right there says that he did go and spend time. Well, they were marveling at the fact that he would show up with them. Verse 45, stay with me. And then it says that whenever he was spending that time with them, he did it again. He opened their understanding of the script that they might comprehend the scriptures. I'm here tonight to encourage this church to spend time with Jesus. Spend time with Jesus. I don't care what your schedule is. Find time to spend with him. Why? Because he will open your comprehension to his word. I've already told you about that. Now, verse 46, he says, Thus it is written, 
and thus it is necessary for Christ to suffer and rise from the dead the third day, and repentance and remission of sins be preached in the name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, and you are my witnesses of these things. Behold, I'm sending the promise of the Father upon you, but tarry in Jerusalem until you've been due with power from on high. Now, he just did two things. Stay with me. He just did two things. Everybody look at me. He told them, first of all, to go. Did he not tell them to go in Mark 16? Now he's telling them to wait. It's kind of like, make up your mind, Lord. Which one do you want us to do? He's saying, I want you to go. You're going to go, and I'm going to be with you, and you're going to see miracles. It's going to be amazing. I mean, not only in Jerusalem, it's going to spread everywhere. But first, you've got to wait. Why? Why is it important that we wait? But wait in the city of Jerusalem because you're going to be endued with power. So what he's about to do is he's about to equip them so that the words they say have power behind them. All right? Stay with me. I've got a thought for you. Acts chapter 1. And now we get into the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 1. Everybody all right? Acts chapter 1 verse 4. Being assembled together with them, he commanded him not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he had said, You've heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So it's talking about it's not for you to know the seasons, but the Father has put in his own authority. In other words, they were like, Are you going to restore the kingdom now? They still think that's going to happen. He said, Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. But here's what he says is going to happen in verse 8. And it should be something that you pray over your own life all the time. Verse 8. But you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you're going to be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. Now we know that. We quote it. We talk about it. That's like a hallmark. I mean, that's like a hallmark in the Assemblies of God. In the Pentecostal church. We love those verses. We will be endued with power because he says we will. All right. Now, what he's doing, he's working on not only their position, he's working on their expectation of what's about to happen. So they've gathered there in the upper room. And on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, when it had fully come. In other words, it's now time to celebrate that 50th day. It's the time to celebrate what's going to happen. It's going to be different than any other Pentecost you've ever seen. Let's put it that way, all right, in that, in that vernacular. They're about to experience the Feast of Pentecost or the Day of Pentecost different than they'd ever seen it before. Why? Because it was time to. Listen to me. God's timing is perfect. There's no shadow of turning. I mean, he, he, he don't mess up the calendar. His timing is perfect. Are you with me? All right, here we go. Acts chapter 2, the Day of Pentecost to fully come. They're all in one chord. Listen to this. They're all in one accord. One place, there's a sound, there's a wind, and the scripture says it filled the house where they all were. How many of you want the glory to fill the room so that nothing else is needed? Just him. I mean, seriously, do you want that? I mean, any, any opportunity, I don't know what has happened. Something's awakened inside of me that any opportunity God gives me to do what I'm doing today, I'm going to ask every church I preach at, do you really want this? 
Because I think it's time. Listen, we've been closed away from one another. We've been segmented. We've been put out there to ourselves. We get sick of our family. No, I'm kidding. We didn't. But we've had, to, we've had to do everything we could to try to survive through all this mess that's been going on. And I'm telling you now, while we need to outreach and we need to tell this whole community about Jesus, the first thing I said to the worship team today, the first thing I think we need to do is we need to turn inward and we need to strengthen one another. We need to lift up one another. We need to pray and call each other's name like we've never done it before because God will pour out His Spirit afresh and anew on you and on me if you'll just open your heart and let Him do it. And if you will do that, you will strengthen what we call, I'm not a workout dude, you can tell that I have one ab. Okay, I have one ab. But what we will do is we will strengthen our core. Very important, those of you that work out, I'm looking around to see if anybody does. Okay, not many people work. I don't know how many of you work out, but listen to me. You've got to strengthen your core. Why? Why do they say that? Because from the core of your being, it's going to nourish completely throughout the rest of your muscles your bones, your body, it's going to strengthen you, but you got to get your core strong. And I think we as a church, I know you do. I know you. I love your pastor, but y'all ain't perfect. I'm not perfect, and I don't attend a perfect church. But I can tell you right now, we've been so separated, we need to come back together again. We need to pray together again like we've never prayed before. Why? Because after all these things we've been through, I believe that God is preparing us. And you hear preachers say, I, I almost get sick of this statement, God's about to. Listen, God is preparing a harvest that is greater than we can even imagine. I believe that because I've read the scripture and I believe it with all my heart. Acts chapter 2, there appeared unto them tongues of fire. And here's if we, if we really seek him, What's your name back there in the purple? Juanine, I need, Ronine, I need to take you with me. You're, you are helping me so much. You're so encouraging, just, just sharing the word. You're listening to everything I'm saying. I want to tell you, Ronine, right? I, 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 want, I want to say this to you, and that is that the Holy Spirit appeared as like tongues of, it says as tongues of fire set upon each, each one of us. That means Ranin's touch from God is not going to satisfy what I need. It's not going to satisfy what I need. I need my own touch. I need my own touch. I don't need my grandmother's touch. I don't need my, I love my dad. I love my dad. I miss my dad. I love that smile of his. But his joy cannot be my joy. My joy needs to be fresh because I'm the one who said, Oh God, I can't do this without you. Without you, I'm nothing, Lord. I need you in my life. And I cry out to him and he, he just comes in. Oh man, don't you want that? Ah, oh, it's so exciting to me. Wow. Okay. All right, quickly I'll tell you this. Lord, I got so much. I'm, I, I need to hurry. They're all filled with the Holy Spirit. Begin to speak in tongues as the Spirit gives utterance. You think on the day of Pentecost, I want to spend time talking about speaking in tongues. I'm not going to do that. Here's the way I approach it. I do believe that you will speak in tongues. I believe that according to Scripture. I believe you will when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm not dogmatic about that. Now, I truly believe it. But here's why. 
I think a lot of people are trying to seek some kind of experience so they can get in the club instead of it really changing them. Because if tongues, listen to me, maybe sometimes we'll, we need to partner up and do a teaching on the Holy Spirit and we'll talk about tongues more. But here's the thing about tongues. Paul said, I, I, I stand before you, I speak mysteries. That means the Spirit of God speaks through me, not with man's wisdom, but by the Holy Spirit. And I think that's why we are baptized in the Holy Spirit. So that at any given time, we always forget, we, we, we talk about tongues so much. We're known for that, right? A lot of, a lot of Pentecost, we're known for that. I'm, I'm not against it, so please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But we need to equally talk about the fruit that the Holy Spirit brings. And the gifts that the Holy Spirit brings. Hey, that, that's just kind of opening the door. The, the, they spake with other tongues and the languages were there. We, we, we won't spend a bunch of time on that. But the fact is that they all just begin to glory. The, what they were saying, we do not know how to articulate what they were saying. We just know they were crying out to God and praising Him. Because what they had expected was greater. What they got was greater. I mean, what they received was greater than what they expected. And as a result, their lives were changed. Peter begins to preach. You know the story. He begins to preach 3,000 people just like that. How did he do that? The power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, y'all. The power of the Holy Spirit. 3,000 people. And then the Bible says the Lord began to add to the church daily. Daily. Da not every Sunday. Daily. If God's going to give us a daily outcome, we got to go to him daily and expect a daily outcome. You don't get a daily outcome without a daily expectation. Okay? I'm saying to you as a church, listen to me. I'm calling you to prayer. I'm calling you to his presence. Do not, under any circumstance, put the kind of pressure. And I love this man. You would not believe how much I love he and his wife. But don't, don't put the pressure on them to somehow produce a move of God in this place. Don't do it. If you're doing that, you're absolutely wrong. You have to cry out to God. And I promise you, he'll do some of the best preaching you ever heard in your life. Why? Because there's not just a good word coming from him, but there's receptivity of that word. In other words, the ground has been prepared so a good seed can go forth, all right? Oh, man, why don't we just, let's take, let's take 15 seconds and just, just thank God for the Holy Spirit. Will you do it? Just lift your voice to him and say, Lord, I thank you for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we thank you. We just thank you so much. I'll quit. I got to quit. But let me tell you this. Are we okay? I don't know what time y'all normally stop. Is it about now? I don't, I don't want to wear y'all out. I, I just got so much to say to you. I promise I'm going to say everything. I don't have time. But I want you to understand this. I have to ask a question whenever I read these scriptures, and that is how do I walk in this? Not just how do I receive it. How do I walk it? Well, Peter and John, they simply go out. I want you to notice this. They go out. They go to the gate called Beautiful. There's a lame man there. You know the story. Lame man there. They're going about their normal business of prayer in the temple. Normal business. And they run into a man who has a need. 
And he begins to begging of them. And Peter says what should be our absolute theme as a church. We don't have what you're asking for. I can't fix your marriage on my own. I can't fix your job situation. I can't fix your finances for you. I can't personally heal your body. I can't make you feel better. I can't make you happier. I can't fill you with joy. But such as I have, I can give you. Now, I want you to notice real quick how he gave it. He gave it in the name of Jesus. What did he do? He just shifted it from himself. In other words, he's already said, there's not, not anything I can do for you. But in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the man got up. I believe. Somebody holler at me a place you were. Just tell me, somebody. Give me a place, quickly. Where do you work? Alabama Power. Oh, my Lord. Alabama Power. Do you believe you can walk in that place? And someone is drawn to you because of the Spirit of God in you. Somebody that's broken, somebody that's messed up, somebody whose marriage is falling apart, and they can't even explain why they want to be nearby where you are. But the presence of God on your life where you're just saying, God, I want to be used by you. Holy Spirit, you have filled my life. So show me how I can be. Peter and John were simply going to pray. That's all they were doing. Full of the Spirit. Excited. They had just, listen, they had just seen 3,000 people come to Christ. That'll stir you up. 3,000 people come to Christ. And they go, and here's a man that just has a need. And he says, well, I don't have what you're asking for. But what I do have, I'll give you. Let me ask you something. When this community asks you, Evangel, when they ask you, what do you have? What can you do to help us? What can you do to help us? Listen, I'm all for feeding people. I'm all for washing cars. I'm all for doing things, cleaning up yards. I'm all for all that serving stuff. That's all wonderful. But what can you give me that's going to change my life? That's the question that's got to be answered in this church and every church just like you. And the scripture just continues on and on. But they, it says he fixes his eyes on him. And then, of course, we know Peter preached. Lord, he preached. And in Acts 4, he preached. I mean, more and more people came to Christ. But you need to... You need to rest on this right here, that as surely as you give yourself totally to God, it ain't going to be easy. Because he got to preaching, and now a man's been healed. Instead of celebrating the healing, they throw him in jail. Well, now, that ain't fun. I don't know if I want. We need to make some decisions that regardless of what, what happens to me, I want to be used by God. That's where we are. Now, I want to close with this thought. I got so much more, but I'm going to cut it. Cut it down because, I, 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 Lord, I just got so much. I'll be in Acts 4 and 5 and 6 for you know it. I better just stop. But, y'all, this just hit me this morning that I just needed to walk through and let you see. And I want to close and give you these thoughts right here. And that is that uh, many people are baptized in the Holy Spirit. Many people pray in tongues. Absolutely. I do and I enjoy it. I'm telling you. 
It's, it's, a, it's a natural thing for me now. It's not something I have to make happen. I just feel like doing it. I do it. And I just naturally, just like I'm talking to you, I'll pray in the Spirit. That's what I choose to do. A lot of people are doing that. But the world is saying, because now, I, I, I don't pick on you, but because we have Facebook, people have more of our opinions now. And so anything that happens, we got, we got to get real scriptural and spiritual about it. You know, if somebody's going through something, we just got to give them something scriptural. scriptural. Well, let me tell you something. We, the world has heard so much of what we say is true. And also, what we believe is promised to us. And as the church, we promised a lot of stuff to the world. And right now, the world is watching the church probably more than it ever has. Because through this pandemic, what they saw, what they saw was a church that didn't know what to do either. Oh, we knew to pray. But they saw us having to close down. What y'all going to do now? I know there's cynics out there, but what y'all going to do now? Where's this? Does this sound scriptural? Where's this God of yours now? People are dying with this stuff. It's serious stuff. You can't even have church. What you going to do now? That's why whenever he said, I got so excited. Whenever he said, you're raising money, and I pray you raise double what you need, Pastor. Because whenever he said, you're going to upgrade your media stuff, you better upgrade your media stuff. That never needs to go away now. We don't do church like we used to anymore. You got to do it and do it better. Give it all you got. Spend whatever you got to spend, but do it right. Because someone out there that will never darken the door is hearing that broadcast. Just hearing that. And all they need is that one encouraging word that God can lift them. Lift them out and they'll come out. So I pray in Jesus, God in Jesus' name, I pray they raise double what they're trying to raise. So that you do more than you want to do. I mean, get the best stuff you can. I promise you, he's very frugal. He's careful, all right? But I close with this thought. I keep closing, I'm sorry. I keep closing. Listen to me. The Holy Spirit will help us if we will stop just believing the, believing the book of Acts. I mean, we need to believe the book of Acts. But let's don't just believe the book of Acts. Let's have some action about it. Let's act on what we believe. And the Holy Spirit will prepare us to do that. I'm going to ask you to stand together. Tonight, I'm going to ask everyone that will to come and just line up across the front right here. I want to do a simple closing. I'm telling you, this is just how the Lord dropped it in my spirit. I didn't know I was going to tell you all those stories, but they, they're relevant to this. And it's how the Lord opened my eyes about the Holy Spirit. And I do believe with all of my heart that if you will do this, if you will give yourself to him. Now, let, let me clarify what I just said about believing the book of Acts. You can have a lot. Listen, you can have a whole lot of information about Jesus, about the Holy Spirit. A lot of information. It's all available. But there's a difference in having information about the Holy Spirit and having a revelation of the Holy Spirit. I do not take lightly when God wakes me up in the morning and for whatever reason I don't worry about it I just lay the seed out there he knows exactly what this church needs he knows your spiritual health level he knows whether you're reaching people or not and he knows what you need but we've made a lot of promises and the Holy Spirit will help us to live 
not only in promises, but He will help us to live in proof that God does what He said He would do. So you see, the only way, look at me, the only way, the only way the Father God has chosen to get His kingdom to this earth, let your will be done on as it is in He wants His will done on this. He's chosen one way to do it. Through Christ, absolutely. But it's what Christ did and what He paid because you are His chosen instrument. You want your family saved? It's coming through you. You want your neighborhood touched? It's coming through this church. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm telling you this is the word of the Lord for this church. I know it. I know, I know whenever he wakes me up with something and he tells me this, listen, we all need a personal Pentecost that is fresh, that is fresh, that is going to absolutely stir our commitment to the point that we're walking in his, we are literally carriers of his presence. Does that sound interesting to anybody? Is that something you want? Well, Tommy, I, 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 I'm saved. Well, I appreciate that. I'm glad you are. I don't want you to go to hell. I want you saved. But I found out as a little Methodist boy, oh, God, whenever I opened my heart up and God just came and visited me and filled my life, I found out there was so much more. Listen, I don't degrade or uh, diminish the importance of calling on Christ and Him forgiving my sins. I don't diminish that at all. I'm very grateful for that. But even He said, there's more. Those guys were going forth, and by the way, they were going forth and doing what He told them to do. They were preparing themselves, but He said, but listen, there's something you need before you go. Because if you don't have the endowment of the power of the Holy Spirit, when persecution comes, you're going to quit and run like you've done before. They'd already done that before. Here's something that's going to keep you from hiding in the shadows. This is going to make you stand before the Sanhedrin and say, you can say what you want to say, but I know what we have seen. And what we have seen, we will not deny. For it's in the name of Jesus that this man is raised up. And it'll right in the face of death, they would say, do what you will. But in the name of Jesus, this man is here. You walk past him for years. And in one moment, God has done it through the power of Jesus' name. Totally different crew of boys after the endowment of the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, man, don't you want that? Don't you want that in your life? Lord Jesus, Lord, I know that's that's just your word. We just want to respond to your word. Ephesians 3 and 20 says this. Matter of fact, I'm, I can quote it, but I'm going to read it to you because I want you to hear it exactly the way it says it. I want you to put your hands in the air if you don't mind. The only reason, I, look at me, don't, don't, don't close your eyes. The only reason I tell you to do that is it's just like a spout. I just want you to open up, just open up your vessel. That's why you lift your hand. Whenever you lift your hands to the Lord, you're saying, it's just like if I came at you with a gun, what would you do? Whoa, you're surrendering. Don't shoot, right? Or don't hurt me. No, 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 I'm not fighting you. See? Don't fight what God wants to do. Just surrender. Just surrender. Ephesians 3.20 says this. Oh, man, I feel the Lord in here. 
Now to him. Oh, Jesus. To him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all we can ask or think. Can you come up with some pretty good stuff to ask for? I can. But he'll do greater things than that. But then he tacks on this statement, according to the power that is at work within you. You want God to move in this community? He's going to do it not because of a special preaching message. He can use that message. Listen, I don't diminish that at all. He's going to do it because somebody here, 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 here is touching heaven. And what they have seen of heaven, they are releasing through their praise and their declaration in the earth. I believe in that. You don't even get saved without confession. We need to start opening our mouth. If you sense something's wrong, then in the name of Jesus, you begin to speak that thing right because of the word of God. Speak in faith. Believe in faith that God will do what he says he will do. Hands raised. Here we go. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, the name above all names, the name to which we give all glory and ascribe all glory to, the one who reveals himself to us, who gave his very best for us so that we may be redeemed and restored back into the arms of our Father, who looked at our sin and said, I will take that sin. I will take your shame. I will take your pain. I will take your suffering on myself because I love you. Jesus, you're the one we worship. We don't look to another God. We only worship you. But Lord, you promised the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And you proved it on the day of Pentecost. And this day, Pentecost Sunday, I'm asking in the name of Jesus for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, on Evangel Assembly of Mount Olive, Alabama. I pray it in the name of Jesus. Come, Holy Ghost. Move among this people. Let them cry out to you and receive from you. Now just open your mouth and receive yourself. Just begin to praise him and receive and say, Lord, fill me, fill me. It's got to be your cry. It can't be mine. It's got to be your cry. Come on, lift your voice to him. There was a roar in that upper room. There was a roar in that upper room. Uh, oh, let the glory fill the room. Let the glory fill the room, Lord. You say, I've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Wave at me if that's you. Wave at me, wave at me, wave at me, wave at me. But I want to be. Wave at me. Anybody, wave at me. Come on, wave at me if that's you. All right? Well, the rest of you that didn't wave at me, you must be baptized in the Holy Spirit or you don't want that to happen to you. That's all right. That's your choice. But if you're praying, if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, I want you to do something you may not do a lot of. I want you to open your mouth and begin to pray in that heavenly language. See, that's not something he makes you do. You automatically respond. It's up to how you want to obey that. All right? So you begin to pray that way. Go ahead. Let's fill this house with praise right now. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed and don't feel like you're less than. If that's not happening in your life, just open your heart. And say, Holy Spirit, I need you right now. Fill my life. Just fill me. Fill me. Fill me. Fill me. That's what I did. I prayed that way. Lord, just fill me. 
I don't even know really what I'm asking for. I'm just giving myself totally to you. And the Holy Spirit will come in. He will fill your life. I'm telling you, that's what will happen. That's what will happen. Oh, Jesus. Now, thank you, Jesus. Now, look at me. Listen to this. And I'm going to turn it over to Pastor. Because of what I have experienced, normally whenever I preach this way, I'm kind of hoping. I'm one of those kind of preachers. You look at the altar service. I plan off the altar service. I think about it. What do I hope will happen? Well, this is a little bit different tonight. I'm not worried about you shouting, dancing, hollering, and acting up, okay? I'm not worried about any of that. Not that I expect you to. I'm just, I'm not concerned with you. That's, that's what you want to do. That's your business. <clears throat> but I really felt like the Lord positioned us today. The message was about only Jesus. You have his total attention. He wants your total attention. Right? So give it to him. And then tonight I'm talking to you about if you want to pursue him and you want to be filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit, he will meet you at your point of request. We used, I always used to say need. <clears throat> he will meet you at the point of your desire. He'll meet you. If you give him a vessel, he'll fill it up. You hear me? If you give him a vessel, ah, if you give him a vessel, he'll fill it up. I don't care what your background is, where you came from, how you were raised, what you're in right now. Your family may be a mess. We're not talking about them right now. We'll turn them over to Jesus. I'm talking to you. If you give him a vessel, he'll fill it up. If you will, I believe that's a word for the day. I feel that in my spirit. Evangel Mount Olive, if you will give him a vessel, he will fill it up. If you will give him a vessel, he will fill it up. Oh, let it be overflowing, Jesus. Where I was going with that was just to tell you, this is the kind of message for me that I used to look for immediate response to. I don't do that that much anymore. I don't worry about that. I want you to ponder what we've talked about tonight. I want you to go home and think about it. Test, listen, watch it online. See if I preach something wrong. Uh, it's It's not about me. I'm just telling you, listen to what was said. Go back to the scriptures that we read. Let the word of God talk to you. And then just ask the Holy Spirit a simple question. Holy Spirit, what do you want me to see today? Oh, just refresh it in me. Let clarity come. Let clarity come. And I believe he'll do it in you. I trust him to do it in you. All right? All right? Real quick before pastor comes, this is only going to take a minute or about a minute. Who in here needs healing in their body? Raise your hand. Raise your hand high, will you? Raise your hand high. Need healing in your body? Is it your ankle? What do you, can you say where your knee is? It, no, no, no. You don't have to. Okay. That's all right. The Lord knows. Who else? Got another one right over here? You need healing. All right. Who else needs healing? You need healing. Okay. All right. The reason I ask that question, only reason I ask about a physical thing, we want to just ask the Lord to do it. And you'll know if he touches your ankle, right? Okay. Now, I'm going to pray. There's nothing magical about this. But in this atmosphere of worship and expectation, if we're asking that the Holy Spirit touches us, then I'm going to tell you something. He comes with healing. Jesus paid for your healing. What's your name with the ankle? What's your name? 
Karen, Karen, do you believe God will heal your ankle? All right. Yeah. Now, what are you going to do if God heals her ankle right now? Begin to move it already. Go ahead and begin to move your ankle. I said, what are you going to do if he heals her ankle right now? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? How are you going to respond if he totally heals her right back here? What about her right here? How are you going to respond? God, I give you praise. I give you praise. How's your ankle feeling? How's your ankle feeling? How's your ankle feeling? Is it feeling, huh? Tell it, say it again loud. It feels warm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you, listen, you know where the warmth comes from? That's fire. See, that's fire. That's the Holy Spirit at work. He's touching her ankle right now. Lord, I'm asking you to go ahead and completely, completely, complete. Pastor, lay hands on her ankle real quick. In the name of Jesus, we make a point of contact to completely heal that ankle. Somebody put your hands on her stomach and her back. Right here, right here, right here. I don't know what it is, but right now in the name of Jesus. What's your name? Dawn, he knows your name, and he calls you healed. He calls you healed, Dawn, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I don't know what you have to do to know that this healing has happened, but you just do it, okay? And you go home, you get it checked out, whatever you got to do, believe him for healing. In Jesus' name. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Listen, I just give, I'm giving you a simple principle on how the Holy Spirit works. Many times we're waiting for it to happen so we can praise Him. That is not how this works. You praise Him and it begins to happen. That's what I told you. This is going to become a singing, praising church like you've never had before. Okay, her. Right here, same thing. Put your hand on her back or stomach, wherever you need to touch her. Touch her shoulder. If she wants to tell you what it is, that's her business. It's her foot, her knee. Oh, good. Her knee. All right. Now you're going to be able to know if God touches that knee. All right. She said, yes, I am. Yes, I am. What are you going to do if God completely heals that knee right now? I mean it. Come on. I don't hear you praising him. Here's what I'd like you to do. Lord God, we pray. Yeah! Begin to move that knee. Move that knee. Begin to move it. Begin to move it. Begin, begin to move that knee. Yeah, 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 yeah. Begin to move that knee. Begin to move that knee. Can you move it around? Can you move your knee around? How's it feeling? Ah, ah, tell them loud. Tell them loud. I can move it. Can you move? Tell them loud. They want to hear you. She said, she said, I can move it. She's trying to say it loud. She can move it. She can move it. What's your problem? Is there some ankle? Oh my goodness, ankles and knees. That's all right. Lord, in faith, we believe. What's your name? What's your name? Adam? Adam, you believe he'll heal you right now? You believe that he's going to touch your ankle 
and you'll move that ankle like you haven't moved it before in the name of Jesus. I want to know, is there a praise in this house? Is there a praise in this house that says, I'm believing for healing in that ankle? Come on. What if right now he says, my ankle is completely healed? What are you going to do? Adam, Adam, begin to move that ankle. Can you move it? Ha, what? It's hot. He said it. He said it's hot. He said it's hot. Come on. Come on. Let's get the whole thing. The whole thing. Come on. I want you to walk. Listen. I want you three to walk out of here with no pain whatsoever. I want you to get in the car and it don't bother you. I want you to lay down tonight and it rem be reminded. Oh, God, thank you for touching me. Matter of fact, hang your, hang your foot off the bed and just shake it a little bit. That's right. Listen, it don't take much to get me praising Him. It should never take a whole lot for us to praise Him. What God just did in this place, did you notice I never went down and touched a single person tonight? The only time there was a touch up here, I asked Pastor just to touch her because he's standing there. Your own lay people, pastor's wife joined them, lay people were praying for her. And she's touched. Huh? Don't you think God wants to do that in this community? Huh? All right. Well, you got to want it. It's all according to how much you want it. If you don't want it to happen, you can keep having church as long as you want to, but your number will diminish. It'll diminish. Next thing you know, I'm going to tell you something. You may not want to hear this. His season will end. And then you'll wonder, what are we going to do now? Because I believe God's put him here for a season. And it may be a long season, but he's put him here because I believe this church, I know what I sense today. I believe this church is about to step into something like you have not expected before. But you've got to give these kinds of opportunities. And when he's praying for people, you don't need to wait for him to say, can we praise him? Oh, that's ridiculous. Why do we need our cheerleaders? Open your mouth and praise him. I believe the Holy Spirit just did. Hear this. I believe the Holy Spirit just did what he did to show us. I don't need your cheerleaders. I don't need a program. I don't need a format. All I need is an open vessel, and I will fill it. God just used lay people and the power of the Spirit working through them. I'm telling you, that's what you're called to. I know what God put in my heart. That's why I'm here. I'm here to encourage you that way. But that's what God's saying to you as a church. I just want you to say yes. Say yes. Say yes to it. Yes to it. Yes to it. Before pastor comes, I want to hear you. Now listen, whoop, whoop, whoop. I, we, we, we clap a lot, but I want to hear you open your mouth and praise him. Are you ready? I, I mean it now. Come on. It, it's Alabama or Auburn football, but we're about to be louder. Are you hearing me? We get excited about a lot of stuff that ain't mattering. Well, that, you know, that matters some because I know me and you Alabama people. But anyway, here's what I'm telling you. I want you to lift your voice and praise him. I'm fixing to give it to you. A lot of times, listen, listen, please don't misunderstand what I'm about to say. I love the clap. Don't get me wrong. I'm all for it. We need to applaud him. But sometimes we let that take away our, 
this right here. And we need to open our mouth. People are not, a, people like me that were afraid of Pentecost aren't afraid of it anymore. Because they're not seeing it. People are looking for proof. You get in here and begin to praise him. Open your mouth and you can fill this house with praise and the presence of God. And the glory fills the room. And nothing else is needed. And all of a sudden, people don't even know why they're weeping. They don't even know why they're feeling it. I don't even know why my hands are there. I just can't stop. That's what you want to see. Huh? Whew. Jesus. Where are my singers? Come on, sing it. When the glory fills the room. Come on, all of you be a choir. Nothing else is needed. When your glory fills the room. Come on, Barry. Nothing else is needed. Yeah! When your glory fills the room. Nothing else is needed. Just you. When your glory fills the room. Come on, you sing it now. Nothing else. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. When your glory fills the room, nothing else is needed. When your glory fills the room, nothing else is needed. When your glory fills the room, nothing else is needed. Just you. When your glory fills the room, nothing else is needed. 
Nothing else is needed when your glory fills the room. Nothing else is needed when your glory fills the room. Nothing else is needed when your glory fills the room. 